You're going to Comic Con next week. Yeah. You're going to Comic Con. Are you going? So I'm yeah. So, so instead of costing me four hundred bucks, I'm basically having two nights for one hundred and seventy seventy five bucks. And I was like, well, yeah, done. <laughs> That's not bad. So yeah, booking.com. Get a key sponsored by Yeah, booking. I was about to say. <laughs> Coming at you from sunny Southern California, this is The Keeg. I paused for uh, for dramatic purposes. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and today we're here to talk about a couple of different things. D23 news. That is huge. There's a lot of news coming out of D23 that we got to go over today. But I can't do this alone. I really can't. This isn't a one-man show. This is a three-man show. Sometimes... I was going to say three-woman show. I don't think it's ever been a three-woman show. But uh, it's a three-person show. Uh, today with me, I have uh, my first guest, Steve Biggs. Steve, how you doing? I'm good. Great. <laughs> You're good. I am. I'm very happy to be good uh, since I'm moving this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how's, how'd the move go? Uh, well... In general, good, but I almost passed out, like, for real, no no joke. Um, so, yeah, I, I keep having to, remi- to remind myself I'm not 35 anymore, uh, or 45. Ah, uh, to be 35 again. Yes. <laughs> you, guys, you guys will get there. You'll go, oh, I, now I know what Bigsy was talking about. <laughs> uh, to, uh, for those of you out there who don't know Steve, Steve is uh, the ripe old age of 36, <laughs> and he yes. wishes he was one year younger. Exactly. Um, in, in my head, I feel that. Oh uh, well, I'm sorry you almost passed out. It, I feel like um, d- did you pass out because uh, like someone like ripped some comics of yours in the move, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, faint action comics number whatever. <laughs> yeah, number, yeah, faint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm blaming a couple things. I'm blaming the fact that again, I'm not as young as I used to be, and I have a very sedentary lifestyle which needs to change, and um, and it was hot and muggy, and I'm just not used to moving that many long boxes of comics anymore. <laughs> that's that's fair. We uh, we got to get you to grow out your beard and get back into Riker shape. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Although Riker in next gen shape, not Riker in uh, Enterprise. All, yeah, in Enterprise. The shape. end. <laughs> that end episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Someone else who I'm here with, my guest, Davey Lynham. Davey, have you fainted recently? <laughs> uh, no, um, but I did feel, like, real, real terrible yesterday. I uh, drank um, Soylent for the first time because I was, like, I, I keep I keep going and getting, like, fast food for, like, lunch when I feel lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, I, I've decided to do, like, those wholemeal cookies or, like, Soylent just to kind of replace that mm-hmm. and get what I need. But... It, I got really, I got really bad, and my stomach felt real terrible. Ooh. Yeah, which which Soylent did you get? It, the actual like Soylent brand Soylent. Yeah, well, you know Soylent Green is people. I, I yeah. know. <laughs> I just that's think it's what weird. intrigues me. It's weird that it they named it after that, right? Kind of, like, <laughs> it's yeah. very odd, but we're living in a very odd time. Yeah, so. It'd be like like starting a deli and calling it like like 
silence of the lamb chops or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. is it people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it yeah. lamb? Is it people? I don't is know. Lamb? Is there a butterfly going to come out of the mouth of this thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Yeah, that image gave me creeps when I was a kid. Yeah. With the moth that, you yeah. know, it made no sense to me. Haunted my dreams. <laughs> uh, speaking about dreams, there's a lot of new news coming out of D23. Uh, they revealed, basically in, at D23, they had a big statue of Thanos. Uh, by the way, Thanos, Thanos, I don't know how you guys... I think it's Thanos. Thanos. Do you, do you go Than... An, like, an, yeah. I always went Ano, like Thanos. Anos. Depends no. how you want to pronounce ancient Greek. <laughs> Is Thanos an actual word in ancient Greek? Yeah. Oh, yeah. what does it mean? Do you know? Uh, I don't want to misquote. Steve is is thinking to himself. I he's am. not on his. I'm not. I phone. Am, I'm not using any sort of electronic device no. here uh, at all. No. Uh, he's just that smart. I, I am. <laughs> it just takes me a while to process the um, thoughts mm-hmm. of. Uh, you know. That makes in sense. My, You're in 36. my encyclopedic type of brain flipping right. through the pages of yeah. my. <laughs> you have to manually flip through pages in your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The analog brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the UK, it's pronounced Thanos. Thanos? Thanos. Oh, Thanos. And in America, it's Thanos. Thanos. Ooh. Let, me, let me just see here. La, la, la. Yeah, uh, it's a Greek name. Ooh. Uh, okay, yeah, just a Greek name. Oh, that's it? Yeah, I thought it was a god of something. No, oh, it's just oh, it's like John John Stamos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, that's maybe that's why I thought it was Thanos this whole time. John Stamos. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the D twenty three news right now they they had the big statue of Thanos, and uh, behind it was some like tarps over four statuettes, and they revealed the Black Order, which. Uh, some of us kind of knew what was coming in Infinity War, because uh, that's like uh, Thanos's, you know, minions, right? But in the movies, they've recently changed it so that they're not just his minions as they are in the comics. They are his quote-unquote children. They're not, obviously. There's no resemblance, right? They're adopted children. But adopted children are still children, I guess. And uh, Gamora and Nebula were his children in Guardians of the Galaxy. But these are the four of the Black Order. Um, uh, let's see. What was it? Ebony Maw. Uh, Corvus Glaive, uh, Black Dwarf, and Proxima Midnight. And so, uh, basically, my question to you guys is, uh, with, you know, you have Bowser in Mario that has his, like, children that team up with him, and now you have Thanos with his children that team up with him. Uh, What fictional, you know, characters, villains, let's just say, uh, would have their family kind of team up with them against the good guys. Well, I mean there's there's I mean that's a that's a super common trope I, I think I see Is in it? movies. Well, like look at the look at the like the Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire. The Spider-Mans. Right? Those Spider-Man <laughs> movies. Like yeah. the green the green goblin whole family lineage thing. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. It is a family, usually a family. And, it, and again, those, those type of things are usually mo- modeled on mob families. Mm. So, right. Yeah. I mean, well, Batman, yeah, Batman has, I mean, a lot in the mob. The whole Falcone family. Yeah, Falcone family. Uh, are all characters in um, Batman. Uh, but uh, even, yeah, in Spider Man, uh, the Craven family, the Kravinoff 
family. Mm-hmm. Craven the hunter, he ends up having like uh, three children, and those children join him on the hunt, but then they get killed and like gets crazy out there for families. Why would you bring a family into the into the supervillain business? Nature over nurture. <laughs> is, is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. Is that your? Is like, that your just your answer for everything? Yeah, nature over nurture. But, well, I mean, again, if you if you model it on uh, real life crime families, there you go. There's your criminal dynasties going back centuries. You yeah. Know? So if we see you know superhero stories as you know funhouse reflections of real life, then yeah, there would automatically be. Dynastic supervillain families. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy for uh, a family member to become the next like legacy or become evil along with like a parent, right? Because like if you watch your parent die at the hands of Spider Man (laughs) or any superhero, right? There's gonna be some like hate to that. You just killed my father. Yeah. If you don't have the full story, kind of like in the in the original three Spider Man's movies. <laughs> I mean, that was Harry's thing, right? In the right. original three, was he didn't have the full story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, there's also there's a limit. Even if you don't have, the, even if you have the full story, there's still that like that need to avenge your family. Blood yeah. is thicker than water. Yeah. type deal. Mm. I don't know if my dad was a murderer, which he's not. Uh, but if that he, you know if, of, <laughs> right? <Okay. laughs> if he was, and like a hero killed him, like I would. I would be very upset, but I wouldn't be like, "Well, forget what my dad did. I'm gonna go kill that hero." Well, but your if your dad was a villain and dad was a murderer, you'd probably be raised differently and have different Ugh, virtues. I, I hate you, Davy, <laughs> for your logic. <laughs> I'm just saying that's fair. That is fair. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Steve, Here, son, let me show you how to kill somebody. <laughs> There's a few ways you can do it. I prefer a bullet to the head. <laughs> uh, do you remember uh, Dr. Savannah? Yeah. From Captain Marvel? Oh, yeah. Have you seen his family in the Oh, comics? yeah, yeah. The Savannah family? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget their names, but Dr. Savannah <laughs> in Captain Marvel, Shazam, Captain Marvel, Dr. Savannah is a villain, and he's like this small, uh, bald-headed, bespectacled, mad scientist guy. He's bald. He has big ears. He has a big nose. He has like two buck teeth. And he's this mad scientist. And his wife is like a supermodel hot, like blonde lady. I think it's his daughter, actually. No, well, his wife, his wife is super hot. Then they have two kids. One, the girl looks just like Savannah, so ugly. And the boy looks just like the mom. And he's like a supermodel boy. And that's their, the Savannah family. And it's just the weirdest thing. And they're all like bad. <laughs> yeah. There's. You know, it's 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 funny. Normally, in a in a supervillain family, everyone is evil. But in a superhero family, uh, they're all good except one. One always turns evil. Yeah, it just it's always going to happen. They're misunderstood. <laughs> is that is that to Having say a hard that, time living up to the family legacy? Yeah. yeah. Is that to say that you know mankind is is evil? Like that we stray towards that? I mean, if all supervillain mm-hmm. families are evil and everybody but one superhero in the family is, you know, good. Then that means more. there's more villains than heroes. Or it's an easy plot device. Yeah, well, that's it's it. It's more an easy plot device. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, again, when considered in real life, and you wouldn't know this from watching the news, uh, the human race is actually getting better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't show it. Yeah. No. 
It's easier to talk about crimes than no crimes not going on. Yeah. yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. Today on the 6 o'clock news, <laughs> let's talk about no crime. Because <laughs> there wasn't any, really. I mean, a couple of liquor stores got knocked over, but that happens every day. How about this? <laughs> Uh, six o'clock news. Everyone's doing fine. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about how everybody's doing fine. Hey, Joe, how's your kid doing? Ah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So I, I just think the whole Black Order thing is uh, is interesting. I, I like it. They, they all have really great designs. Mm-hmm. They were um, uh, designed recently, fairly recently in the comics when Thanos invaded Earth. Um, but they left out one member of the Black Order, which I don't know why. There's um, there's a girl, there's a female member called Supergiant, and uh, I realized today I was like, wait, there was five in the Black Order, and <laughs> they've only said four, and they've only had statues of four. I don't know why they left Supergiant out. Might be a rights issue. But they're they're all created at the same time, same place. Oh well, yeah. Hmm. Uh, for well, because there was um, uh, what was it? It was called uh. I, f- I forget, but it had to do with Thanos' son, his actual blood son, Thane, mm-hmm. was his name. And so um, he came to Earth to take them ba- uh, take him back, and he brought the Black Order. But, uh, but yeah, Supergiant's not there. So, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know why that is. Yeah. Might uh, be holding off for the, the big reveal leading into... That there's one more? Yeah. I mean, that'd be kind of cool if they, like, defeat the whole Black Order, and they're, like, they're, je- they're on death's door... And then there's one more. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Could yeah. have a different purpose in the movie. The the outlier of the Black Order. Yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, Gamora and Nebula still, like, they've left Thanos' side. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. Also, what's weird is Gamora and Nebula never struck me as, like, super powerful, right? Right. Like, I feel like Thor could beat up both of them easy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because, uh, but... How was Gamora the best thing that like Thanos had? Wasn't she supposed to be the best? Didn't they kind of say that? Or no, no? I don't know. Actually, you know, again, you know, confession time here. I'm, I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. So yeah. basically, most of what I know about the Marvel universe I get from watching the movies. Yeah. Well, but like in <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, I think they said something like she was his favorite or something or another. Oh yeah. But yeah. like these, this whole Black Order is supposed to go head to head with Doctor Strange and. And Thor and the Hulk, right? So yeah. well, if the Black Order's a new thing, like they're right? newer than now, Gamora. they're his favorite. They're his, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, just shifted in the movie dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess all answers will be, or all questions will be answered, right? Indeed, in time. Indeed. Uh, Here is a question that has been answered just today, a couple hours ago, really. Uh, who will be the new? Doctor, I want to say new Doctor Who, but that isn't technically right, right? It's not grammatically correct. The title isn't Doctor Who, right? Yeah, although this season they actually had some fun with that. Oh, did they? What'd they do? Um, uh, well, spoiler alert for those who haven't caught up on this last season of Doctor Who. If you don't want to know about this season, perhaps turn down your thing or just skip ahead a minute. Yeah. I'll wait. Okay, done. <laughs> so... Um, so basically, and I missed out on, on the second half of last season, so I was playing a little bit of catch-up myself. But apparently the Doctor was supposed to stay on Earth and guard this vault. And in the vault was the Master, or as that entity is now known, the Mistress. 
um, and as a as a way of rehabilitating him, her, uh, they put her, they sent her out on a mission to basically be the doctor uh, to go on this thing, and she and she kept saying, "Oh, here I am, I'm the doctor, Doctor Who." You might say exactly, I'm Doctor Who, and he goes, and he goes. That's not his name. He goes, of course it is. It's his real name, Doctor Who. That's just, you know, it's ridiculous. Nobody likes to talk about it. So <laughs> they actually did play with the whole idea oh, of okay. Doctor Who is actually Doctor Who's real name. Oh, and okay. It, and, and also, no, it's not. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I've never seen Doctor Who before. I just keep kind of keep up with the conversations that mm-hmm. people talk about. So I know, like, every so often, like, there's something... There's some weird things, whatever. Yeah, it's, you know, again, being old, I've sort of been around as long as the Doctor. And, of course, when people in this country first started talking about Doctor Who, it was the the Tom Baker uh, Doctor in the 70s. And it was playing on PBS stations here. And so I tried to watch it, but, oh, my Lord, uh, you know, the... I couldn't get into it. I couldn't get into it was doing that weird British thing like, you know, because the other British thing that I was heavily interested in was Monty Python. And I always thought it was funny that Monty Python went back and forth from, you know, videotape segments, obviously in the studio, to every time they went outdoors, they were always filmed. And the same thing with these Doctor Who stuff. And again, it was just a question of economics, you know, that was just the best way they could do it in the you know technical limitations of the time. And, and so I, I kind of hated that. Uh, especially for a quote-unquote dramatic series. And then plus just, yeah, the special effects and everything were just cheese ball. And people go, oh, yeah, well, the Star Trek special effects. I go, no, then you're just not paying attention. If you look at the sets for Star Trek versus the sets for Doctor Who, no, Star Trek had actual set sets, and Doctor Who has a bunch of theater flats thrown up and lashed together. And I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but no, it's definitely cardboard sets. Let's start a war between uh, Trekkies and, and <laughs> yeah, well, Whovians. Like, like fandom doesn't already make up its own wars. <laughs> so, um, but the breaking news, essentially, yeah. Doctor Who, is that Doctor Who will be played by uh, actress Jodie Whittaker. Yes, in mm-hmm. the upcoming season, um, actress meaning female, first female Doctor Who. Yep. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Do you guys have any like strong thoughts? Because there are people online that have yeah, strong thoughts, Yeah, right? no kidding. The heads have exploded all over the internet. Um, there's, there's literally no problem with this. No. There's, there's none. I mean, the actress is very good. I, you know, I've seen her in Broadchurch. Uh, you know, she's also known for some other things. And you know, if you watch any kind of like British TV or movies, Jodie Whittaker's popped up a few times, and she's always good. Um, I see no problem with it. You know. As some friends point out, it goes. I don't mind her not. Be, I don't mind her being a woman. I mind that she's not a ginger yet, because <laughs> that apparently was a joke wow. uh, after one of the after I think the last no the Matt Smith regenerations. Like, oh, still not a ginger. Anyway, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so it's like a running joke. Yeah, it's kind of a running joke. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. And anyone whose head ex- is exploding about that needs to examine their own conscience. Yeah, uh, Davy. Any thoughts? I I mean it, it is what it is. I I'm hoping the choice was made because she's right for the role. I don't want the choice to be made because supposedly she is. Well, and I and I'm not one to say. Yeah. Just because I haven't seen her body of work. But my my opinion's always been like like shake things up sure, but like let's let's make sure things are right. I don't want the role to be cast specifically just to like shock and awe. 
I want the role to be cast because this person's going to be good for it. Yeah. And it sounds like it sounds like she's going to be great. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, awesome. Yeah. I, there's no issue. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my opinion <clears throat> when it comes to uh, changing certain uh, things about characters, right? When you reboot series and you you cast them differently and whatnot, is is blank. Uh, super important to the character. Right. So what ends up happening is these characters that have been white for so often, let's just say, so I know that we're, you know, Dartu is female, uh, and it's a male to female switch, but it happens a lot with like race change in oh, these, yeah. with these characters. And when people are like, well, why are you changing this white character to a black character uh, or to some other uh, ethnicity? Uh, you know, uh, what, are, what are we going to do? Have uh, uh a white man play Martin Luther King Jr. in a biopic? Like, first thing, that makes no sense. Those right. are historical characters. Second thing, we've had historical character movies played by white guys playing colored characters. Yes. Uh, um, Clint, uh, was it, was it, uh, no, it wasn't Clint Eastwood. It was uh, John Wayne playing, what? Attila, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Oh, my God. John Wayne playing Genghis Khan in a, in a, "Quote unquote historical movie." Yeah. Well, so or Yul Brenner playing the King of Siam. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the the so people always say that that's a go to for people saying that. People also say like, "What are we gonna get next? A gay Filipino transvestite in a wheelchair that like blah 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 blah." And they like add some stuff. And it's like, what are you talking about? Why do you what? So for me, it's like, does this blank have to do so much with the character? Right. And so uh, you guys both saw Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The character of Liz, who in the comics was Liz Allen, um, spoiler uh, coming up, she's Liz Toombs. You're meant to think that she's like Liz Allen, the character that Spider-Man went to high school with, right? Mm -hmm. But it turns out it's Liz Toombs. But the point being is that... Uh, they changed her from white to black because in the comics, Peter Parker just goes to school with white kids because uh, it was created <laughs> right. in the sixties. Yeah, uh, and so now, why? Why does Liz Allen have to be white? I guess would be the question. She doesn't. And if you're really sticking up for Liz Allen, like out of all the characters in fandom, you're like, no, she can't be touched. She has to remain untouched and like. <laughs> the, yeah. w the way the creators intended. Yeah. It was just a different time back then. So why not do the switch? So then people say, why don't we have white, a white guy play Black Panther? The, see, the, yeah, this is white privilege talking. <laughs> it's just white privilege talking. It's like, oh, you're changing my, you're changing stuff. Ar yeah, if it's if it's just arbitrary, then you know, yeah. But no, yeah, you got to remember, it's 2017. And a lot of these comic characters were created in a time, and especially with like legacy characters like Superman, Batman, well, and even the Marvel characters in the '60s. Yeah, at a time when the assumption was that most that America was a white country, and that most of the readers would be white, and they would be aspiring, and even the ones who weren't were aspiring to be white, and that and that of course, and there, and that's just classic white privilege talking because if you grow up. And this is why I have a hard time explaining to my, you know, very sort of conservative white friends. It's like, there's no such. I go, I go. Look, it it comes to this. You're saying that because you live in this white bubble. Because when when, for instance, if I'm talking to a, a tall white guy, 
I said, when you get onto an elevator, little old ladies don't just automatically clutch her purses tighter to them. You're quote unquote safe. And, but if anyone of color gets in there, then there's automatically this, oh, the other coming in. So you don't know what has gone into all this kind of stuff. So yeah, if we're talking about making these worlds live in 2017, when we're aware that America is a multicultural, multiracial country, then it does make sense to maybe move some of the stuff around. And I say that, you know, even knowing that, yeah, if all of a sudden they made Cal L, Clark Kent, Superman, Black, I would part of me would go, eh? but then I would have to check myself and just go, it's 2017. That's where I disagree. Just on that last part, yeah. I've had conversations with Hero um, uh, uh, about it. The <laughs> my opinion is Superman has to be white because su- uh, the world would not trust anyone else. Uh, yeah, and America wouldn't. America dist- like the American military in DC, like. Some of them distrust Superman enough. I think there would be a, uh, a, a way more distrust, as seen as in in the comics mm-hmm. with Cap- uh, Falcon as Captain America, yeah. which is really great. Basically, Falcon took over Captain America's mantle, right. and part of the the theme of that comic was that America won't accept him. They say, "Not my Cap." They say, "Oh, it's not a black thing. It's that you haven't earned the right to be Captain America." They didn't say that for Bucky though. When right. Bucky picked up the shield. Right. So there's that. So I think uh, Superman has to be white. Um, and also, like, growing up in Kansas and everything, and, like, his other was, like, a secret other. Right. Like, he was, he should have been able to assimilate with everybody, but the feeling was internal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, as far as Superman is concerned. Well, I think I think there's also, like, with, with the Superman uh, argument, Superman has a look that everyone recognizes, and if you're casting out of that look, I think you're doing it specifically just to be different. Yeah, like for and, instance, or to prove you can. Right, and I don't. I I think I think that's. I I'm in it for the story, great acting, and great whatever. I don't want change for just the fact that I'm going to make a change because we have to. Uh, yeah. Like, like changing Liz, right? Yeah. Who 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 cares? Right? Yeah. Was this the best actress for the role? Awesome, let's do it. She obviously doesn't have like an iconic look, right? Batman does, Superman does, uh, uh, Captain America for what he is now does, you know? And I think making the change from Falcon to Captain America in the movies, I think is going to be hard for a lot of people to grasp just because Captain America already has this specific iconic look. Mm-hmm. But you know that it's it won't be this, it'll like if the Falcon picked up Captain America's uniform, it's not Steve Rogers. Right. So yeah. it's, you know, saying that there's another Captain America. Just like female Thor isn't Thor turned female. Right. It's a yeah. separate character. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. If you made Thor a redhead, as he is in Norse mythology, he's, right. he's red-haired. If you made Thor a redhead, people won't get up in arms. Not the way uh, it would be to change, right. they would just change go, another aspect of something. They'd be like, this is weird. They'd get used to it. Yeah. There is something. So the point being is not about changing a character. It's about changing a character to a, 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 a big degree. And then the question is, why is it such a big degree? Why is it considered such a big degree right. to change a race of a right. character? Um, Storm being black, she has to be black. Yeah. Like, that's part of her character. Yeah. Black Panther has to be black. That's yeah. part of his character. Yeah, it's funny. Colossus like, has to be r- Russian. Yes. That's a big thing for me. 
And that's not a black or white thing. He has to be Russian. He has to be Russian, yeah. Well, this is the thing, you know, on Supergirl, they made Jimmy Olsen a black guy. Yeah. And I, and I was, again, having a conversation with my conservative friend about that, and I said, I said, well, two things about that, and then I gave him my whole spiel about these characters being created in a time when there were no black characters. I said, my problem with, with uh, Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl isn't that he's black. It's that he's too, way too GQ for my taste. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. They should have picked more of an Urkel guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's Jimmy Olsen to me. Jimmy well, Olsen doesn't have to be a redhead. He just has to be a complete well, dork. And see, here's the thing. And Because and, back when they were going to do the Nicolas Cage Superman, mm. one of the things that they were talking about casting there was casting Chris Rock as Jimmy Olsen. And I was like, again, I have no problem with him being black. I just, sometime in my lifetime, would like to see a live-action ginger Jimmy Olsen. And I mean full-blown Ronnie Howard orange hair Jimmy <laughs> Olsen. Please, at some point before I die, can I get that version of him live-action? But, yeah. So, I, yeah, I never had any trouble with the changing Jimmy Olsen's race. Because, yeah. again, my whole thing about... It's 2017. One of the things that I would kind of like to see in, in the future, even though, you know, again... She's one of my future ex-wives, Amy Adams, mm -hmm. is the next time they reboot the whole live-action Superman universe, I'd kind of like to see a Latina Lois Lane. Like Father Sam Lane, mother, you know, mm. uh, Latino of some kind. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, because also names play a big part. Yeah. Because I've always thought to myself, like, if I played a character that was a, a you know, historically white character, you would have to do something with the name or the backstory to make it so that it works. Like, I cannot play Jimmy Olsen just by the name alone. The, the coolest way I've seen it done in, in certain comics and retellings is they change the spelling to make it mm -hmm. ethnic. Yeah. So it's still pronounced the same way. Yeah. Roughly. <laughs> but the point being is that, like, so uh, I feel like a lot of white characters get turned to black characters as opposed to any other ethnicity mm -hmm. because it's you literally just keep the name. You can do that because yeah. histor historically speaking, you know, I guess the question would be is like, does Doctor Who need to be a man? Like, is there something about the characterization that has to be a man? Like he he he's. Like, Gaston has to be a man because mm -hmm. he just flexes his biceps. And I'm sure you could do a retelling where it's a woman that, like, flexes her whatever. And I don't know. But the point being is Gaston has to be a man, right? Unless you're really changing it. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, it's not a retelling. That's the thing. It's it's continuing the saga of what Doctor Who is. Yeah. With so a character that changes appearance and personality right. every time they regenerate. So, so why, why not? not? Yeah. yeah. They're not retelling it. There's, there's no mold that has to fit. Yeah. That's just the, that is Doctor, that is what Doctor Who is. Yeah. yeah. The ability that it's going to change and mold with however the world is today. Yeah. It's not like in the machine that he regenerates, there's like this, like, uh, like, it's the penis matrix <laughs> right. where he has to, <laughs> yeah. he only regenerates because of this penis. <laughs> this is so important to the mythos that the penis matrix exists. <laughs> exists. You ha he has to have a penis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like you can change his race. There's not like, oh, we have only one color like ink for his skin when he regenerates. <laughs> right. We don't exactly. have any darker melanin in you know in this like machine. Yeah. You can't make him black or anything. I. Uh, yeah. Uh, Which I I would be willing to bet money is the next step. Yeah, but get then doctor, people get, get upset. Doctor Who of color. Then people get upset and they're like, "Well, why can't they're we go back now. to white guys?" Which is what we did with this president. We had <laughs> to go back to white. 
Well, yeah. let, me, uh. let me, let me, this is, so I know my limited knowledge of Doctor Who is I know the regeneration has a specific cycle. It's like, what, 12? And that then, got changed. Yeah. Because this is the 13th. So, yeah. so now that this is the new cycle or whatever, do we see a cycle of 12 women? I think that would be interesting. People won't want that, and they'll say, why are you pushing this agenda? But here's the thing. There's 50% women out there in the yeah, world. Yeah, right. 50% men, and so to have proportional representation, which yes. is the term that I use all the time when it comes to questions of this matter, is mm -hmm. proportional representation, such as Queens in Spider-Man Homecoming was very representational, right? Uh, yeah, but people would push back on that. You could. Well, you mean, should, just, right? Just beyond the pushback thing, I think storyline-wise, I think it'd be interesting if... All the if next it just twelve became a female heavy. Yeah, show. like yeah. in the regenerations, that it just there's a switch, there's a specific change. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I would I would welcome that because it's a cool storyline aspect. How about this? You get a Judy Dench doctor, <laughs> but <laughs> Helen Mirren playing the doctor. Oh, I, I would fun. watch. I would watch <laughs> Helen so Mirren fun. playing the doctor. I would. Yeah. Um, but the, I think basically they've surpassed twelve because the penis matrix is broken. <laughs> I think that's go. what it is. <laughs> And so now that the penis matrix is broken, all things, you know, are on the table. Yeah. Hashtag penis matrix. <laughs> That's a new thing. Now. Yeah, it's a new thing. Uh, well, uh, another thing I want to talk about real quick. Uh, I don't know your guys' experience with the New Warriors comic, but the New Warriors TV show has been cast, and uh, the big name who's not a big name, but she's an up-and-comer, re uh, really, is Milana Vaintrub as Squirrel Girl. Because mm -hmm. that's what everybody was waiting for them to cast, right? Yeah. Is Squirrel Girl. Who's going to play Squirrel Girl? Anna Kentrick wants to play Squirrel Girl, but she's not going to be in a TV show on right, she's not whatever, uh, I think it's Freeform or, or something. But the point being is, um, yeah, Milana Vaintrub, which you might know from what uh, commercial? I was trying to think. AT&T. AT&T. AT uh, she's also um, Other Space. That yes. Yahoo TV show. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, watch that? Yeah, I did. I watched it specifically because she was so great on it. Mm. Um, and that other guy who's in the... He's uh, the main guy in the other space. I don't remember. Uh, he's in commercials, too. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. that... Because it's the taxi driver from Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it that is. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that guy's in another, like, phone thing, right? Yeah, he's he's another commercial guy, and they both teamed up. Dave Franco is another space. Mm. He has a he has a little. Oh, that's little right. There. <coughs> he's pretty good. I I know a lot of people give that show a lot of crap, but Do I liked it. I watched yeah. only half of it, and it, like it I was fun. It. I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, it's over now. It only went one season, right? Well, Yahoo making original content's over. So. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops, that's true. That's true. Season not six of Community ended, and that yeah. was that was it. Not so everyone not everyone can be uh, Netflix. The uh, the cast of New Warriors, um, well, at least the characters, uh, she's going to be playing Squirrel Girl. There's also Mr. Immortal, who every time he dies, he gets a new power, and he comes back to life. Uh, 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 Mr. Invincible, sorry. Um, uh, then there's Debris, uh, who's one of the lesser-known New Warriors characters. She's relatively new. There's Night Thrasher. There's Microbe. Um... And uh, Speedball, which is actually someone... If you're a big fan of New Warriors, he's a classic New Warriors character. And Speedball was actually semi-guilty of the whole Stamford incident in the Civil War comic. Mm -hmm. And, like, he went through this, like, emo phase. But, um, I don't know, do you guys know anything about New Warriors? Nope. I really don't. 
I again, I'm more of a much more of a DC guy than Marvel guy. Yeah, New Warriors was like Junior Avengers before Avengers Academy was a thing, or before like all the other Avengers teams were a thing. Like New Warriors was kind of like the teen representation in the Marvel universe, and so I mean. DC has always had teens, right? Like yeah. Teen Titans and Young Justice and and all those uh, great teams, which I feel were more iconic and had more iconic characters. Yeah. Uh, Marvel, though, because they didn't have such iconic characters, New Warriors, they could kill them whenever they want. Yeah. And yeah. so they've killed Night Thrasher and they've like brought him back as like uh, Night, you know, as a separate character and whatnot. So uh, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And she, uh, you have a future ex wives list, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. My epically long, stupid future X Five. Yeah. Yes. Um, one day we'll get through the list. But uh, <laughs> uh, Milana Vaintrub is not on your list, right? She's not on my list. Okay. Davey, do no, you want to no start? No real your reason list? for that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want a future X Wife. I just want to be with her always and forever. <laughs> I I. Re- <laughs> uh, I really like a lot of her work. Yeah. Um, since since watching. Uh, other space I've like backtracked and she had like this long standing YouTube series that was a lot of re- was really good I just like her comedy and her and her acting she was on uh, she was a character on um, This Is Us if you guys ever watched oh, that oh that's right that's right yeah she was Sloane um, the writer the playwright and but that that uh, relationship faded fast spoilers mm-hmm. it's a good show you should you guys should watch got that got a bunch of Emmy nominations yeah, um, and sorry, it was Mr. Immortal. It wasn't Mr. Invincible. I switch back now. Mr. <laughs> Immortal. I just yeah, up. I was gonna say Invincible. That's a whole other. Yeah, well, it's an image oh, comic. I oh, I would love an Invincible TV show. Right. If it needs to be violent and of it needs to be like actual like real teen angst. Like, yeah, it, it needs to be on Showtime or something. <sighs> it's such a good. Show. Have you heard of it, Davey? Most of my comic knowledge comes specifically from TVs and movies. So So Invincible is an image comic, and it's written by the same guy who wrote Walking Dead. He's increasing power in Hollywood right now. Kind of like how Mark Miller started increasing power in Hollywood. Uh, So Robert Kirkman made Invincible, and it starts off very basically like a teenage boy finds out his father is the Superman type of that world of Earth. and he gains his powers. So it's almost like, oh, it's like a little Spider-Man type thing, innocently enough. Problem is, is his father starts killing the rest of the Justice League of that world, like the super team. And basically, they're f- from an alien race that is coming to invade Earth. So so this it starts off very innocently Spider-Man-y, yeah. kind of Superman-y. Yeah, Superman and Superman's son kind of thing. Like, what if Superman had a son? Yeah. Oh, it's this. But it's not. It, but it's that's. It's like it starts off. That's the premise. But the real premise is: what if Superman was in like invading Earth with his Kryptonians? Yeah. Like, what if the whole story behind the doomed planet and everything was just a lie, and he's actually like the advance guard? Yeah. Kind of thing. Damn. And so, <laughs> Invincible, uh, which is the main character, uh, he. Um, has to fight his dad and that's like just story one it's yeah. it's ending soon the comic is yeah. ending after a hundred and something issues and like i love it so much yeah it, it, it's one of my favorites yeah. and it's it's brutal oh uh, yeah. it's it's like dragon ball z but like to to like a crazy degree yeah like people get ripped open in zero gravity and then their guts just fly out like they just interesting f- they and it's huge splash panels of like 
people getting ripped in half. Yeah. And like people die all the time. Like heroes will just they'll just die. Yeah. And like there's a character named Battle Beast who's like a character throughout the the thing every so often and he just gets like ripped apart in combat. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. Yeah. Now that now we say that, but that's not I mean, the thrust of the comic really is about Invincible kind of learning who he is, yeah. and it's it's funny. Okay. A lot of yeah. it's really, really funny um, because he's not very good at it at the beginning and everything, and he does have, like, real relationships with his high school friends and all this kind of stuff, and so right. it's pretty funny. But then, yeah, but it also gets really <laughs> yeah, freaking beautiful. Are we family-friendly here? Uh no. Okay, it's really fucking brutal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have an E for explicit on our podcast, so we could do a fuck we want. Oh, nice. Fuck. Okay. Fuck. Let's say it one more time. In chorus, in three yeah. part harmony. Three, two, one. Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, and it's also like really meta too. Yeah. Like there's the, he goes to like comic cons a lot, especially in the first <laughs> however many issues. Interesting. Yeah. And so there's literally there's a scene where he meets. The his like the his favorite writer of the favorite comic called like Science Dog and yeah. his, and so he says like or like it's somebody in performing line they go uh, do you think it's lazy when a writer just puts the same panel over and over again and just changes the dialogue and not the art and then it pauses and it shows the same panel a couple times and then the and then the writer in that panel is like no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun stuff like that. That's yeah, funny. so uh, it's a super fun thing that like I'm surprised is not. I think it's just the capabilities you'd have. I think an animated TV show, like a gory animated TV show, might work. Yeah, best. like 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 Japanese anime kind of thing. Kind of, yeah, 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 and kind of draw on that, you know, uh, pun not intended, but <laughs> you know. So another thing coming out of D23 is they have casted. They have cast. The yes. new Aladdin, Jasmine, and mm -hmm. Genie. So Will Smith's name has been in the running for a little bit for, as the Genie. I didn't think it was possible. They got him. So Will yeah. Smith is the Genie. Uh, Naomi Scott, who was the Pink Ranger in Power Rangers, mm -hmm. um, is mm -hmm. uh, Jasmine. And Mina Masood, uh, I'm not. I, I'm not familiar with him. He's going to be Aladdin. Yeah. And so recently, articles have come out. Um, before they cast them, saying that like they were having a hard time finding brown actors that could sing and dance, <laughs> right? And it's like, uh, so there's an old phrase, yeah. Never ascribe to malice what can be more easily explained by stupidity. <laughs> and part of me is like, even though Bollywood exists, Hollywood is unaware of it. So you think it's an ignorance thing? I I, I do think it's ignorance. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting them to find a foreigner, like, per se, like a like someone just from Bollywood that has never done, like, international movies. Because you have to bank multi-million dollar, like, project on them, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but even here, you can find people. Yes. And you can cast an unknown, which is kind of what, like, they have an unknown in Mina Masood. And a kind of pretty much unknown in Naomi Scott. Right. You know, at least she did a big budget movie recently. Yeah. Right. right? Uh, and Will Smith is the only person you need to have star yes. power to hinge it on. Yeah. You can do unknowns with the other two, right? Exactly. And that's, which I think was a smart thing. And, that, and that's pretty much why they needed a name playing the genie. And then that freed, that freed them up to go, okay, we got Will Smith. We can go with two unknowns. Yeah. 
I <laughs> I love Naomi Scott. Um, um, for multiple reasons, she was on the short-lived Terra Nova TV uh, show. Yeah, where like it was a Spielberg-produced TV show. Have you heard of it, Davy? No. Uh, it was a TV <laughs> show that was about in the future, like the Earth is dying, so rich okay. people and certain scientists and whatever go back in time. To dinosaur time, so pre-human civilization to create colonies. Now I remember. Do you remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it only lasted halfway through the season, like till like mid-season, and then ended. I don't know if they ever finished the season. They they did. Oh, did they? Oh God, now if I remember the thing, because they had a half season for the first year, mm. and I think they went into like a half season for the second year. Oh, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So totaled, it was like just a little over an entire season of shows. Mm. And the thing was, enough people were watching it that it that it, they would have left it on the air, except it was hugely expensive because of all the dinosaur stuff. Yeah, yeah. And sense. of course, as always, they left held out. They left off on a cliffhanger. Yeah. What they found out in the last episode of the, of the second season was that this wasn't necessarily the asteroid Earth. Wait, what? Oh God. Wait, yeah. what? This wasn't necessarily the Earth that would have been hit by the asteroid. So it's a different. So it's like it's a, a different timeline. So like a yeah. Ti- so not only is it a time machine, it's also a dimensional portal. Well. Right. So it's a it's a multiverse. Yeah. Situation. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. <gasps> uh, she was she, Naomi Scott played the daughter because they did a mixed family. Yeah. Um, with an Indian mom and a, a white dad, and then she's half Indian, half white, uh, in real life. Naomi yeah. Scott, and right. so she's um she's uh, uh British, I think, and so. Um, they were aiming for like Middle Eastern or Indian, like brown of some sort for Aladdin and, and those characters. Can I say yeah. that I had a real, real funny mix up? I, so I was, when I was going through a line and I saw the names, I just saw the names of yeah. the people who were cast in the odd movie. And so I was like, Naomi. And I was like, I, I need to see a picture. So I, I looked it up in Google just to see what she looked like. I accidentally looked up Naomi Watts. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, why the hell did they cast her? This doesn't... I feel like there was so much uproar about casting a white person in this role, and now Naomi Watts is playing this? Speaking of Naomi Watts, uh, did you guys... A movie came out a couple of years ago, the thing with the family that survives the tsunami. The Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had never saw It's based on a true story. Yeah. So in real life, that family was Hispanic. And I... Because it shows pictures of mm-hmm. them at the end. Of, I was like... What, Salma Hayek and Antonio Banderas weren't available? <laughs> yeah, I like how there's two go-tos for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, or Penelope Cruz yeah. and, and Javier Bardem weren't available. <laughs> you had to go with Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor. Wow. What? Well, we just, uh, the world sympathizes more when white people are in peril. <laughs> uh, you know? Brother. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad they went they went brown. Yep. Um, and uh, the question though, how do you guys feel about Will Smith as the genie? My personal opinion, I don't know. He hasn't done a pure comedy in a long time, right? Yeah, but I he's funny. I you know I, he won't. I think everyone needs to start right now understanding he's not Robin Williams. That it's going to be tough. Uh, I think it's it's what comedic tool will you use as the genie? So Robin Williams had his impressions. And mm-hmm. That's really what made the genie, right? Yeah. So you'd have to find someone, if they can't do impressions, they have to be like really good at something else comedically yeah. to play the genie. But what is Will Smith's like 
I'm tired of Will Smith. Are you? Yeah. I'm done. I'm done with him being in Hollywood and being movies and being a title role character. Let's face it. What's the last good movie he's done? Um, wait, wait, wait. I actually liked him as Floyd, Floyd Lawton in Suicide Squad. I hated Suicide Squad. Yes, fine. But, like, I liked him as Deadshot. Yeah, I thought he was fine. Uh, yeah, he and, he and uh, Margot Robbie were kind of the highlights of that movie. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I'm not tired of him yet, as long as he continues to push himself. I thought that Floyd... Okay, the character of Floyd was very similar, like, gunslinger, wild, wild west, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But at least he looked differently. And it's such a low standard. But Tom Cruise is the same. I want to see Tom Cruise. I know he played the character in in Tropic Thunder. (laughs) And uh, Les... Grossman, yeah, is that was his name? Like uh, it's such a great role for him. Yeah, I because it. he was so off like what you would normally right. think. But other than that, he's only played Tom Cruise. Sure. So Which, give Tom Cruise like a weird mustache. Give him like a go. <laughs> give him a goatee. Give him like a shaved head. Give him like well, make mean, him tough. He's never tough. He yeah. never looks tough. He's done some. He's done. He's done a lot of things, and I think like he does have some. Of, pardon me. He has some, he has some fun when he we films. And it's different than Will Smith, right? Because like what he did, he did that like cameo role in uh, Austin Powers. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I liked that bit. I don't remember. Uh, like there's like a beginning of I forget which one it is, but the whole beginning of it, there's like 15 minutes where he's playing the role of Austin Powers, of like a, a film. Oh, a film in the version. third one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Will Smith went from like a great like comedic actor and just had a lot of fun in films. And now we get stuff like uh, After Earth. But, okay. There's the new Netflix show that's coming out. Have you heard about it? No. You Have just you, said no. Uh, I forget show. what it's called. I for, uh, with, somebody, with Will Smith? Will Smith Netflix show. Basically, the plot is he's a cop. He's a cop. But this is a world where mythical creatures exist. And his partner is an orc. And people are racist against my- these mythical creatures. Okay. So it's almost like a like a like a Dungeons and Dragons-esque, but in real life type thing. And the the trailer doesn't show that. The trailer shows that there's something different about it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a cop drama, but there's something about it that's supernatural. Um, and, I mean, I don't know when that is released, but that's, you know, more information to come. But I don't know. It looks cool. I'm not saying it can't be good. I'm just tired of Will Smith. Yeah. I, they could do the same thing and put someone else in there and it you know, I might enjoy it a little as bit the more. genie. Just a lot of stuff that yeah. Will Smith's doing currently. Who would you put as the genie? Do you have any idea? I just I want someone who's fun and whimsical. Mm. The whimsy. Right? They're gonna cast Johnny Depp again. No, God, no. Not I don't. I, okay, God, no. Talk about a guy who I'm tired of. I'm tired of Johnny Depp. Oh, for sure. I don't. I'm done with him too. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm. I'm tired of. I'm not necessarily tired of Johnny Depp. I'm tired of. Th- I'm tired of the fact that in Hollywood he appears to be the go-to guy for anything, and Wacky. especially anything anything weird. Weird, yeah, mm-hmm. but like a gothic weird. Yeah, and and it's just like, and part of me wants to pull him aside and go, just do a straight play, just do a, just do like a family drama. Yeah, just I want to see him play a dad. Yeah. He yeah. he's he has to be some weird uncle or something. Yeah, yeah. Just play just, just play, play some a dad, dad, dude. Yeah. Just just do yeah. that. Like yeah. <laughs> you know the the adage of you do you? Johnny Depp, stop be you doing you. <laughs> be <laughs> yeah, someone actually, else for once. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Be a normal person. Yeah. 
you know? But, like, can you imagine Johnny Depp as the genie? He would just be like, Well, and not even that, I don't think. No, you don't even think. No, I think he'd be like, oh, so, hey, uh... What's, what's oh, because he has a different kind of yeah, yeah. It's super low energy, yeah, and mm. super uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, is is the genie going to be animated or is it going to be th- played? So if it's animated, someone like I would love to see like an Adam Devine just voice it. Uh, well, I think it's going to be like a motion capture type thing. Is it? And I don't think they would hinge the whole franchise on a young. First thing, I don't want. I don't think they're going to do. They would have done a young genie. Yeah. First of all. And I think they wanted someone experienced, but like, who's a good character actor? I, I might go Jack Black, but uh, Jack Black would be fun. Jack Black would be fun. Just high end, like uh, we need someone high energy playing the genie. Yeah, it doesn't I have to so. be. It doesn't have to be. Um, oh, I can't say oh why? Um, what's his name? Hart. Um, Kevin Hart. Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Somebody, somebody said <laughs> Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart <laughs> should play Mushu in Mulan. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and then somebody was like, "Wait, not an Asian actor from Mulan, but like in the original Mulan cartoon, they were uh, some of them had Asian actors, and Mushu was Eddie Murphy." I just think it's more in vain of that. Yeah, you know. I hope they actually get Eddie Murphy from Mushu again. No. Yes. Why not? <laughs> no. Do it again. Is that something you're tired of? Uh, no, I want Eddie Murphy to make a comeback. I just don't. For these, like, redoing, like, there's – if we're going to do that, then we might as well, like – there's certain characters that you might as well just bring back for all these new reboots. Oh. They, oh, they are um, they are bringing back James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Yeah. Which I think is crazy cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That guy, that guy is so old, though, and he's been a dad for so long. He's, like, when is he the grandpa? <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> so at some point, he he was the dad to Eddie Murphy in mm-hmm. Coming to America. He was the dad to, you know, Simba in the original Lion King. He's the dad to Donald Glover 25 years later. Like, uh, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how old is this guy? This guy's popping is... out fictional kids like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets around. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about the new Aladdin movie. Are you guys? Um, you know, these live-action redos of animated movies are really hit and miss with me. I, I kind of liked the Cinderella, but Beauty and the Beast was just, uh, to me anyway, was just pointless. Okay. Uh, especially because uh, because of how they did the Beast. Uh, mm. It was motion capture, and I'm just like, why and th- and so it wasn't Dan Stevens in prosthetic makeup. It was this motion capture, but I, but it wasn't done well. Mm. It wasn't like Caesar in Planet of the Apes. It Ooh, was it was yeah. like a, watching a freaking video game. And mm. of course, you know the little snarky line was, "I thought this was going to be a live action version of Beauty and the Beast." Mur, mur, mur. But I, I kind of get that because it was just. And then if you see the behind the scenes stuff of what he had to wear. To get that, I'm like, this is, re- look at the, all the padding. Look at all this stuff. That he, just put him in a damn costume and with prosthetic makeup. And apparently the behind the scenes on it was that the CGI was like, well, we're going to lose a lot of facial expression if we do prosthetics. And I'm like, really? Really? So like, you know, 30 years of prosthetic makeup used in, you know, Star Trek and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, you know, all these movies that use prosthetic makeup to good effect. That, it's not what, Rick Baker's retired, so nobody does good prosthetic makeup anymore? It's like, 
because what they ended up with also, to me anyway, lost all the facial expression. Dan Stevens has very expressive eyes, and you wouldn't know it from watching that movie. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I just I was like, oh, boy. So, yeah, the thing about are they going to animate the genie, I was like, probably, and it's going to be, it might, given their track record, be pretty awful. I heard that Cinderella was just a frame-by-frame frame of the cartoon moon. No? No. The mice don't really talk, and oh, okay. and they have this whole subplot of of her stepmother's like really evil. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I was more of a Pixar kid. So <laughs> if they did live action Pixar movies, I'd I'd go see them. What's but the point of that? I haven't. I know, right? No, there Pixar is no has such a good track record. You don't need. I I haven't seen any of the new live action reboots. I just have. I've never had a desire. Those movies were fine when I was a kid. My sister loved watching them. Me personally. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And there's like the nostalgic fact. Like the the point of those movies is the nostalgic factor, bringing people into the movies. Yeah. We all know the stories. Why do I need to? Yeah. Unless you add on to it, unless you make it well, bigger and sure. yeah. The one I th- that I forgot, the Jungle Book was fantastic. Oh, Jungle Book was amazing. Yeah. I yeah. I'm still stay. I like. Ah, yeah, you're right. I forgot even that. that. That's the standard they should hold themselves yeah. to anytime was, they do one of these things. That was the first one, wasn't it? That was uh, the no, first Cinderella. Cinderella, Cinderella was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, supposedly the new Aladdin movie will draw a little bit from 1001 Arabian Nights, so they might add some different plot into it. Yeah, so. I, I'm excited. I did, I did enjoy La- Aladdin as a kid, so yeah. that one I think is one I'm going to go see. Yeah, Aladdin and Lion King are my two favorite Disney movies. <laughs> so, you know, I'm Lion looking King's forward to that. I when that Beauty and the Beast came out, that was pr- kind of revelatory because, you know, because people talk about the the second. You the know, Renaissance, Di- Disney Renaissance, yeah. and everything, and they start st- talk about it starting with Little Mermaid. I'm like, ah, you guys are forgetting the Great Mouse Detective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but by the time they get, but when Beauty and the Beast came out, I mean, there's a reason they made that their first live action stage thing because when that movie started, I was like, this should be like a musical musical. You know, I don't know how they're going to do it, but this should be like even when I watched it, and apparently that was the behind the scenes on that one. Everyone was just like, "This is," and it was like, "Well, no kidding, you got Howard Ashman <laughs> and Alan Minkin to do the thing. Those guys have you know stage musical props." You yeah. Know? So no kidding, it was good. But I mean, even just the choreography of the, you know, <laughs> of the animation was just like, "This should be. This should be. I'd love to see this on stage." And then they did. And then they did a live action one where you didn't like it. So, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and again, beggars can't like, be choosers, Steve. I, and then again, I was just like, because okay, <laughs> Are we, we're getting we're getting deep into this. Yeah, Let's do yeah, it. yeah. So here's the thing, and this is my whole thing about remakes. Anyway, people, go, oh, remakes, uh, bleh, remakes. I was like, eh, it depends, because and the one I always point to is the version of the Maltese Falcon that we think of as the classic with Humphrey Bogart and everything. That's the third version of that of that book uh, as a movie. I, I think it's funny that you're dropping Maltese Falcon. You seem a lot older than 36, Steve. Well, uh, what can I say? I like old movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so yeah, so if you're going to, so here's the thing. Each thing has to become its own thing. You know, again, it's my whole thing about it, the book is, the book exists. The, it, the movie has to work as a movie. The, the stage play has to work as a stage play. I don't care what you cut, what you rearrange, blah, 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 as long as what it is in this form works. 
So you had the animated movie Beauty and the Beast, a classic, you know, just absolute top to bottom classic animated movie. Cool. So now they're going to make that a stage play. It's like, okay, how are we going to make this animated movie a stage play? And they figured out how to do it. They expanded the story. And Linda Wolverton, who worked on the animated movie, did the book for the musical. And she goes, how about the Beast is illiterate? He's got this huge library, but he's, he himself is illiterate. Oh, that's how they bond. Cool. Now we've made that story work for, like, we've made, taken an hour and a half story for an animated movie, turned into a two-and-a-half-hour story for the stage, and, of course, added some more songs and stuff. But now we've made that work as a stage play. Okay, now we're going to do this live-action movie. Okay, now that has to work as a live-action movie. So some of your homework should already be done. We know how this story works dramatically from both the animated movie and the stage version. Mm -hmm. So how much of that story do you want to keep for this new movie and that to me is where besides the computer animated beast is where the story kind of fell apart mm. because it has none of the charm of any of those things and the storytelling is really clunky so it doesn't actually even work as um like if, if none of those two previous versions existed this doesn't work as a movie mm. so I, I haven't seen it I don't yeah. know if you... I haven't either. I mean, I like Beauty and the Beast, like the cartoon, but I never got around to seeing the movie. Yeah. And maybe I never will. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever see the Cinderella movie. I, I didn't really... Yeah. I already saw the one with Hilary Duff. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> the Cinderella, a Cinderella story <laughs> with Chad Michael Murray and Hilary Duff. Um, you know? And so, yeah. Uh, moving <laughs> on, some new D23 news is uh, the Star Wars Land... It's yeah. called Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. right? And at least they're going to start this in the ho- in the in the Florida, the Disney World. They're going to have a Star Wars hotel yeah. that will interact with each guest with their own storyline. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I mean, that could be either the craziest thing, or it could be like, "Hello, little smuggler. Here's your ID pass. <laughs> yes. There you go. Go to the pool." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. yeah. Bounty hunter, you like? It's, it's a great idea. It all depends on the execution. It could be right. so lo-fi, like it could just be right. It could just be so low production that it's just here's an ID pass that randomizes your name. That's your <laughs> unique storyline. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be this immersive experience where, like, you can like go to like the the cantina and like suddenly somebody enlists you on an adventure. And it could be like a scavenger hunt of some sort or something. Or like an escape room type of thing. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I, I wonder if I, if I were king of Disney, um, what I would do is maybe leave it up to the guest how involved they want to get and maybe make something that's a little bit more immersive. I mean, I would maybe make that a, a prime ticket or something like that. Right. But, I mean, so you give people that don't want that, yeah, you can give them the lo-fi, you know, Hello, little smuggler. You know, pool, <laughs> pool's out there. You know, there's there's some magic coins at the bottom. If you get the right one, you get the you know get the stuff. Darth Vader, yeah. something. So you get a lot of drowned kids. <laughs> you get a lot of drowned kids, so that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, so for people that actually do want to go and basically role play, 
you know, giving them like an actual story and have people knock on their door at midnight, you know? Right. <laughs> Say, you got to come with me right away. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm still hungover. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> Han Solo's hungover like 24 hours a day. Let's go. You know, and do like that. That could be a lot of fun. You want them to wake you up in the middle of the night? If I was paying that thing and it oh, was actually yeah. a fun and deal, well, sure. That, if that's what you signed up for. Yeah. yeah. If that's what I signed up for, hell yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But because, again, I, I've done some interactive theater and and there are people that just want to watch. They just want to sit there and they want to watch. Yeah. And, and so you, right. you try to suss that out and all that. But there are people that want to play along. And so those are the ones you cater to. And, and, even, and even back when I was a Klingon, <laughs> that was the thing we always tried to figure out. I worked as a Klingon at Star Trek The Experience out in Vegas. And that was the thing that we always tried to figure out there, walking around Quark's Bar, was who wants to play along, who just wants to you know, eat their dead cooked food. You know, right. and and all this kind of stuff, and finding the ones that wanted to play along—that was always a ton of fun. And and we did. We would have people that you know they knew their Star Trek stuff, and they would want to get involved in some kind of adventure, and we'd try to, you know, yeah, improv something right there and then for them and stuff. But there were other people just like I don't even know anything about. It. Are you like a Wookiee or something? <laughs> <gasps> Why were they there? Huh? Why were they there? They got drag kicking and screaming by the one Trekkie in their family. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, with this with this new development of like Westworld, the TV show, I'm seeing. I feel like more resorts and hotels will start to do that, mm-hmm. depending on whether they're backed by franchises. It's not going to be Disney. Let's face it; like it's they're they're more catered towards that family experience and kids, and and so although they'll, they'll have those f- like unique storylines, air quotes. It's just not. It's not going to be you know the the escape room or knocking at your door at midnight. It's going to be like cool, these are your themed rooms, and these characters will interact with you in a certain way, but it's not anything, especially because it's a hotel. Right. Right? You're going to, most of your day, you're going to be in Disney World, doing Disney World things, and visiting the actual Star Wars land. And maybe whatever, you know, storyline you have will pass on to the actual edge of the galaxy or whatever it's called. Yeah, Galaxy's Edge. It's just not going to happen in the hotel. Yeah. I think, what did I read? That they're doing some kind of RFID badge or something like that? That's cool. So yeah. That, so that, again, whoever's in those, they get like a little readout before they approach you or something like that. Oh, right. that'd be cool. Yeah. I personally just think it would be super fun to, not even to go there, but to work there. Yeah. I would love to, pl- yeah. I would love to play, like, like um, you know, uh, I I was never part of the Star Trek experience, but like it, to a lesser degree, it's like doing like dinner theater where you're like <laughs> yeah. interacting character, right. and it's like I've done some of that where it's like, I mean, the, the being a character in Star Wars twenty four seven would be so cool. Yeah. Um, like I recently did a play which was um it wasn't dinner theater but it was um Stinky Cheese Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had a pre show routine as the character of Cow Patty Boy, which was just the <laughs> dumbest character. And I got to interact with the audience beforehand in the lobby and just annoy them and just be like, hi, guys. Uh, I heard it's going to be a great show. I don't... Uh, uh, this is my first time here. And just being super dumb to kids and adults. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think it'd be super cool to be an alien and just 24-7 just be like, I'm in character, Davey. <laughs> right. Like... <laughs> Yeah. You killed my family. You burned them alive. Prepare to die. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Wrong I'll, I'll kill- <laughs> <laughs> I just think it'd be cool to work there. Um, oh yeah, but like I don't know. I don't know what else they have planned, and this whole like Westworld vibe 
of like interacting and this immersive experience, whether people will want that if they're just going to go to the park, get sweaty, get hot, and then come back and just want to chill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but if they're giving it as an option, you know, yeah, you know, like hotels have like tours that you can just yeah. go on and like do that stuff. Maybe, maybe spend an extra day at the resort and do that. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I think if they have some way of identifying those people who are playing along, yeah, then that would be the best of both worlds. Kind well, of thing. Yeah. well, I know ho- the hotels at the Disney Disneyland uh, here in SoCal, um, they have special badges already for those hotels, and I. I forget how they set it up, but it's like a pin or a specific lanyard that you wear. And when you're walking in and out of the hotel, because it's like literally linked to the park, yeah, they've got ways of like identifying you, and then you get the special perks or whatever for being <laughs> at the hotel. So Minority they already have that system in place. Yeah. Minority Report, kind of. How, <laughs> uh, I feel like the kids get the Disneyland experience, mm-hmm. but like, like when are they going to start catering to the adults? Like when are they going to like if you're a VIP, they send a princess up to your room. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> when is it gonna be like that? Uh, only Never. in uh, only outside of Clark County, uh, Nevada. <laughs> the, the, when they set up the Pa Rump uh, Hotel, that yeah. Because yeah. at that point, it's just a matter of ethics, right? Because they could make a lot of money off of that. <laughs> uh, they have to do that under the Touchstone label. <laughs> is Touchstone a pun, Steve? Uh, I don't know. You have to ask the Disney executives. Touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> More like so to it. Speak. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of potential for this Disneyland, for this Star Wars theme park, for this Star Wars add-on and right. the hotel and whatnot. So I guess we have yet to to see. I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm personally excited to wait five hours in line for anything in that land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Or wait five well, yeah. years and let that line be four hours instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would be cool with standing in line if they. Do something with that line. Like, you know, like in certain rides, you can like look at things or you can like maybe interact with things yeah. while waiting in line. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. So I mean, again, back when I was a Klingon, that was part of our part of our deal. Um, because the line to the, you know, to the experience, to the to the rides and stuff, on weekends uh, would be pretty long. So we'd, you know, the Klingons were quote unquote the security on the time station. Uh-huh. So we'd be walking up and down and going, What's your mission here, humans? You know, what are you waiting for this for? You know, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you go downstairs and have some dead cooked food? That's what you like, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Do Klingons eat raw food? <sighs> Alive if pre- if preferable. Oh yeah? yeah. Oh okay. Indeed. Now I know. Yeah. Now I know. <laughs> um, What's the point of killing it if it's dead? You want it fighting its way out. <laughs> <laughs> you want your digestive tract to act like a warrior as well. <laughs> And one last topic that I wanted to talk to you guys uh, about is kind of the way superhero cinema is working now. Uh, back in the day, uh, movies, superhero movies, uh, a lot of them had like two villains that would just team up and that would be Batman, like who he would fight, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, okay, ma- this isn't evident for Superman movie, like the s- original Superman movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Batman 89 had the Joker. But from... The next point onwards, it was the Penguin and Catwoman, uh, Riddler and Two-Face, Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy, which also had Bane, too. Also had Bane, yeah. yeah, Which is weird. Um, And, you know, there was that. And then the Spider-Man, the first one had Green Goblin, but then you got, oh, wait, I guess it wasn't, like, two. It was Dr. Octopus. And then later on, they had two or three or four or five. And, like, 
villains were expanding, and there was the constant talk about how superhero movies, if they have too many villains, the whole thing kind of collapses, right? And so recently with Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, they had a lot of villains in there, and it worked. And the question is, is the curse broken? The question is, how do you have a lot of villains in these movies and have it not implode on itself? Because Amazing Spider-Man 2 had that, right? Yeah, yeah. Had a lot of villains. How, how do you not make it collapse on itself? Uh, pretty easy. Um, so the reason that the multiple villains worked in Superman 2 was because you had Zod, mm-hmm. who, was the, who was the main villain, and Ursa and Nan were his basically henchmen, if you want to use those kind of terms. But basically it was Superman versus Nan, and then these underlings. But it was still mano a mano on that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, actually, I, again, I'm old enough to remember, when, when Batman Returns came out, one of the criticisms was that they had to set up both Catwoman and Penguin in there, and both of them kind of got short shrift. And so that was, people were talking about that's kind of the beginning of pick one, you know. Pick Catwoman and her henchman, or the Penguin and his henchman, and call it a day. And so one of the reasons, and then same thing with Two Face. Two Face got you know completely screwed yeah. as a character in in that first movie. Yeah, and kind of to a lesser extent did also in uh, the Dark Knight. But at least we got to see who Harvey Dent was. Yeah. before he became Two Face, and so you know, and that that story became a different story than it's usually portrayed in the comics, you know. So that is where that kind of worked. It was still Batman versus the Joker and Two-Face is a pawn in that. So mm-hmm. it's still mano a mano kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, so one of the reasons Spider-Man Homecoming works is it's basically Spider-Man versus the Vulture who has henchmen. And that's how, and that's how it works. Yeah. Um, another movie that had a lot of villains was Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. If you think about all the villains in that movie, it opens up with Batrock the Leaper. <laughs> the main villain you think is Winter Soldier, but then it's Robert Redford, right? <laughs> right. But you also have Arnim Zola. Yeah. You also have Crossbones, right? You There is a good amount of villains there that are, you know, there. I, I don't know, Davey, what's your Well, experience? I mean, so uh, coming from the opinion of a man who doesn't read comics yeah. and, and gets all my comic knowledge again from movies and TV shows. Yeah. Um, I don't know them as villains. I just know them as like side characters in a movie. Mm. And um, like with with Homecoming, the only villain that I recognized was Vulture Mm because that's the only one they ever actually set up. Uh, The rest were either people who just worked under him or side characters. Um, It's 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 setting up those origin stories. You know, if you're gonna spend half of the movie setting up three different villain or yeah. vil- villain origin stories or like specific plot line and stories to them, that's what's gonna. Because then you're then you're spreading yourself too thin. If they're all in the same, if it's all the same storyline, then then it's it's easy to say, oh, there's all these other villains working under one thing, because it's one storyline and that's all I have to focus on and and. So it's gonna make it good. Yeah, it's. I think that's it. I think it's what story you're trying to tell here. Right. You know, because uh, it's one of the th- reasons why the Green Lantern movie didn't work. They're trying to shove way too much story into an hour and forty-five minutes. You right. think that's why? Oh yeah. Because mm. well, because it's you're because again you're setting up way too many origins. You got to establish the Hal Jordan origin, mm-hmm. plus the Hector Hammond origin. 
plus lay the groundwork for a Sinestro, plus how Jordan has this love affair with Carol Ferris. Pick two. Yeah. (laughs) You know, pick two of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, again, if I were king of Warner Brothers, I would have said, okay, what we're going to do here, if we're going with the whole conventional wisdom of we're setting up a trilogy, then this first movie has to be how Jordan learns how to become Green Lantern. Right. And maybe a side effect of the alien thing is Hector Hammond gets infected by something. We don't know what it is, but he gets infected by some kind of alien radiation or whatever and becomes Hector Hammond, the... Psychic guy. Yeah, telekinetic you know, mastermind yeah. kind of thing. Cool. There we got our hero and our villain, and they're linked by the same thing that gave Hal Jordan his powers, gave Hector Hammond his. I hate it, by the way, when they do that, when they link uh, yeah. the villain origin with the superhero yeah. origin. But that's how they try to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, exactly. Makes things simple. Yeah. But it's so overplayed. And Does Joker yeah, need to works. kill Batman's parents? No. <laughs> yeah. And then so and so and then you have Carol Ferris there, but it, she but she's there as this kind of you know, object of his desire off in the distance kind of right. thing, but she's not really a main part of the story. It's really about Hal Jordan training to become Green Lantern right. under Sinestro. Mm-hmm. And then and then part of the reason that Sinestro goes a little wonky is because Hal Jordan goes, I, there's stuff happening back on Earth, I gotta go. He's like, you're not done. Mm, humans. You know? <laughs> and so then you have that. And in the second movie, that's when you set up the the Sinestro story of how, why he turns rogue because he's not given enough power by the Guardians of the Galaxy to put the brakes on somebody like Hal Jordan. I want to rule with an iron fist. You guys aren't letting me do it. Look what I found. Right. <laughs> so, and that's that's your second movie. And then the third movie could be the, you know, and then Carol Ferris is a part of that and maybe her and Hal are trying to have some kind of relationship and it's not working because of his duties as... Green right. Lantern, she finds the Star Sapphire ring at the end of the second movie, and then that's what the third movie is. So it's be- it, so then it becomes, you know, like a relationship metaphor, but played in superhero terms. Right. Or you reverse the second and third one there. I don't know, but something like that. So you yeah. have a story in each one of those, right? Of you know, a person versus person kind of thing. And anyway, I feel a lot of problems with superhero movies is thinking in terms of trilogies. <laughs> yeah. But that's the problem. For example, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, well, Amazing Spider-Man 2 specifically, where they're like, well, anything we don't get done in this movie, we'll just like keep it for the next one, and we just won't answer it, or we won't. Yeah. Well, let's just set up for another one. And I feel like each of these movies have to stand alone. Absolutely. I feel like with the villains, they have to be tiered, right? Yeah. Where you have the tinkerer in in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, but you didn't need to make it all about him. Right. He was just the guy building stuff. Yeah. That's all you right. need to For know. For the vulture. You don't need an origin story. He just likes to build. Yeah. And that's kind of what we saw. He yeah. was just like, hey, I really want to make you the suit. I don't want him to do the suit. Like, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Like, I want to make you the suit. Like, that's kind of <laughs> what it was, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and then Shocker, it's like, he's just a thug. Yeah. You can just be a thug. Yeah. Like, you're, you right. don't need some epic backstory to it. <laughs> right. Like, so part of, uh, I mean, I liked in Amazing Spider-Man 2 that they started off with Rhino, because I feel like Rhino is the easiest throwaway villain for Spider-Man. Just have him rob a bank. Spider-Man defeats him. That's it. He's just a big brute that wants to rob a bank. Yeah. So? Do you right. need some like 
like big backstory. No, save that for the comics where you have time to like explain that stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's tiers, but there's also figuring out what hero or what villains work together well. Like why would Joker or why would Two Face and Riddler team up in in the comics? Right. Why would Poison Ivy and uh, Mister Freeze team up? Because right. here's the thing: Mister Freeze's thing was turn it all into an ice age. But How's like, that going to help the plant? Yeah, it's not yeah. going to. So what? Yeah. How does that make sense? Yeah. It just yeah, it, and it doesn't, and that's it. Yeah. Do the villains work well together? Like you could make a case for Catwoman and Penguin working well together. Uh, because mostly because she's a thief and he's a misfit who wants to try to run a you know underworld yeah. thing. Right. So there's no like epic world shaking event that they're trying to do. She's a thief and he's yeah. like a gang boss kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and Batman's in both of their ways. Let's team up and get rid of him. Done. Yeah. <laughs> what I would have loved in a Spider-Man movie. And you can't do it now just because of the way the villains are working and everything. <laughs> I would love to have a movie that starts off with the lizard, but Craven comes to town because he's in charge of, well, his thing is he wants to catch the lizard. He also wants to catch, but then he finds the even bigger prey, yeah. the Spider-Man. You have to figure out what are these motifs that work well together, yeah. right? Um, who, was, who, who was I talking to? Uh, basically, what a cool Spider-Man movie would be is team up Mysterio and Chameleon. In Spider-Man, Mysterio creates the illusions. Chameleon is the master of disguise to to essentially break down Peter Parker. Yeah. Without him, like, he doesn't even know what's real anymore. Yeah. You have to find these villains that work well together. Yeah. So Shocker working with Vulture and the Tinkerer, that, it all worked well because they were kind of that gang together. I think that worked well. Yeah. Um, the other thing about a superhero movie, and somebody was talking about this in conjunction with Wonder Woman, is... Mm-hmm. One of the problems with our current model of superhero movies is that they always want to make it personal. Yeah. You know, so it basically becomes a showdown between the hero and, and villain, and that's what everyone's motivation is. I, I'm fighting you because you're stopping me from getting what I want. Well, I'm fighting you because you're stopping me from getting what I want. And Wonder Woman, it doesn't have a personal agenda other than I want to help people. It's right. like these people are causing these other people injuries. It looks like I'm the only one that can stop it. And so it's much more sacrificial. It's much more she's doing it out of pure altruism as opposed to a grudge. Well, I mean, that was also something that DC didn't have up until Wonder Woman is yeah. heroes that just want to be heroes to be good. Right. Warner so Wonder, Wonder Woman did that. Yeah. You know, and and thankfully, again, I, I know people who know people. Uh, thankfully, behind the scenes, everyone t- at Warner Brothers took notice. They were like, oh. Zack Snyder, you told us this. You're, you mean they really want a Superman that smiles? And actually, you know, the behind-the-scenes thing is um, Warner Brothers uses their CW shows to float ideas out there mm-hmm. to see if there's an audience for them, and again, working in conjunction with Jeff Johns and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So one of the reasons why Superman finally made an appearance on Supergirl was to test the waters and see, well, what does an audience really want? Do they want the old-school smiley, you know, happy, inspirational Superman. And so, all right, well, let's put him on Supergirl and see what happens. Everyone loved it. And it's like, <coughs> oh, okay, that that is what they want. I did like that Superman. I yeah, did, too. Supergirl. I did, too. Yeah, did you watch that one? I've recently um, marathoned both Flash and Supergirl. Yes. Um, uh, unfortunately. Um, I don't <laughs> know, man. My thoughts on that, those series have been... Oh, okay. 
you have to, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, third se- season of Flash was not as good as this recent, uh, the fifth season of Arrow. Like in this recent year, this recent season, mm-hmm. Arrow was better than Flash. Yeah, Flash well, kind of took a dip. Arrow took a step back to being more grounded. Yeah, and Flash is having a hard time finding big bads. But they don't need. Every season is someone yeah. close to you betrays you. Yeah. There's a big bad that's a speedster. I'm not fast enough. Three seasons of that. Yeah. yeah. And I love first two seasons of Flash. I the did too. third season was just like, oh, what more can you do? Like, it was. it's the same. But now, this next one, like, you have these blue collar rogues. Yeah. Have, have them team up. Have, have there be a big conspiracy throughout the season. See, and that's, with the, that. that's the thing that DC figured out, you know, decades ago was. Yeah. We we've got a guy who can basically move faster than anyone can think. There's no way anyone's going to stop that guy, you know. So there's no villain that we can come up with who by themselves can defeat the Flash. But if they team up, they can confuse him enough. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's why Spider-Man is the Sinister Six. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I mean that was a th- so yeah. They need to they need to stop doing their one-off. Uh, Villains on the Flash, and, yeah. and stop with the freaking speedsters, yeah, and just go. How are you going to defeat the Flash? Well, all we really want to do is rob banks and get the stuff, right. and he's on our way. So while we're robbing the bank, while he's concentrated on us, you put, you know, you super ice the road so he slips and falls and bangs his head against something, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and I mean, but again, you know, who are all those guys? Uh, Gardner Fox and. Um, John Broom? Anyway, I can't remember. The original writers? Yeah. Mm. That's what they figured out is we've got a guy who can move faster than people can think. What kind of powers do we have to give our villains that 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 wouldn't be good enough to stop them? And so you got people like Mirror Master. Oh, Flash coming. Boom. I'm not here anymore. I'm behind you. Pow. <laughs> you know? Like the spot in Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, just on just the topic, because, you know, I recently I marathoned all those. Those have that issue of, like, there's too many villains, yeah. and it is it comes specifically in the format of like, awesome. I've got this overarching arc about Zoom or Reverse Flash or whatever. Yeah. But then every episode has to have some other villain for yeah. 15 minutes that I may have to go <laughs> deal with. Yeah. Just yeah. pointless. Just yeah. pointless What's little thing formula? that means. But it doesn't. I just feel like it doesn't work. Mm. Let's focus on the big arc. Like, if you're gonna, if this is what the episode's about, awesome. Let's focus on that big arc. And what if you're, and this is what a couple of Netflix shows have done. If your big arc isn't enough to sustain 22 episodes, then do 12. They're not gonna yeah. do that on network TV, though. They're not gonna do it. No. Network know, TV is about advertising. Gonna... Network TV is about time. No, no, no. Right? I don't mean 12 episodes. I just yeah. mean that arc only takes oh, 12. Oh, well, uh, right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did it recently. Yeah. And yeah. it was their best season yet. Yeah. They did three, three arcs. Yeah, that linked to each other. Yeah, uh, the first arc was uh, was uh, Ghost Rider. Second arc was was the LMDs, and the third arc was um, 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 the uh, uh, the framework. Yeah, and so that it did so well. Yeah, and again, it's a progression. This leads into this, leads into this, but each one of these has their own separate climax and resolution that leads into the next yeah. thing. Yeah. I, again, with with the CW shows, I almost wish they would, you know. Again, it's just a question of you listen to executives and I. Like, well, we don't want to do what they're doing. It's like, 
What? Yeah. Because it works? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just do it in your own way. You can take yeah. that. You can take that and twist it and make yeah, it work. You're all dealing with comic book outlandish characters. Right. Who cares? How, you know, just you got your sh- you need your shows to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, before we leave, final thoughts about um, too many villains. One plot line. That's all it needs. Yep. Not a million of them. Yeah. Just one. One and plot. we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you got one main big bad, as long as everyone else is working for that big bad or In with that big yeah. bad, then that's all you need. Yeah. 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 It's know your role. Yeah. Is really what it is. Not everyone needs to be a mega megalomaniac. <laughs> right. Right? Not a, like maybe some people aren't small potatoes like robbing a bank. You just need to know your role, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, so comics delves deep into it, but they haven't really been able to get that onto that TV film medium. Because yeah. uh, philosophy the same way. And, and film is that everything needs to be, you know, earth shattering yeah. and all this. It's like, nah, maybe she just got a guy that's robbing a bank. Yeah. Or again, what was great about Homecoming is he's got a guy that's trying to feed his family, you know, who got yeah. screwed by the heroes mm. of that universe and, you know, and all those government agencies. And so, Screw you guys! I gotta, I gotta pay the mortgage. To be fair, <laughs> I don't ascribe ascribe to uh, his. I just have to feed my family. Well, no, because it's a pride thing. There was yeah. a pride thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. involved. It wasn't altruistic. Like I just have to. Right. You know. So well, it's it's as somebody pointed out, it's the Walter White uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, right. It starts out as screw you guys, or or the justification is I got to pay for my cancer treatment. The justification is. I'm doing it because you guys screwed me under. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's all the time that we have for you guys today. Uh, went over a lot of stuff, D23 and 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 uh, uh, the female Doctor Who and Thanos' Black Order. We hit a lot of stuff today. If you guys liked what you heard, uh, feel free to listen to some of those back uh, episodes of the podcast. This is the seventh episode of our new season. So we have six other episodes that might interest you guys. So feel free, uh, take a listen to it. We're on SoundCloud as far as, as long as SoundCloud exists. Uh, <laughs> so we're there. But luckily we're on iTunes and we're on Google Play, so you can listen to us there. Uh, feel free, uh, like, comment, subscribe, uh, share. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram, at The Keeg Show. We're on Twitter, at The Keeg Show. Uh, we're also on YouTube if you wanted to see some of our uh, past season uh, where it's video clips and, and man-on-the-street interviews. You can check us out there. Uh, once again, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Steve for coming on the show. Uh, thanks so much for being here, Steve. Uh, where can we see you or hear you next? What are you doing? Um, the next thing I'm doing, uh, a couple of projects. Uh, obviously, you can see me teaching at either Fullerton College or Chafee College yep. in the uh, semester. Uh, but also, I got a couple of projects going on at the Maverick Theater in uh, Fullerton. Uh, we have a couple of dates open July 30th. I'm going to get these wrong. July 30th and August 13th. Anyway, two shows there. Check the Maverick uh, website. Uh, doing a couple of murder mystery mm. uh, plays there. But then I'm also in uh, a production at the Maverick called Killer Angels, The Soldiers of Gettysburg, based on the novel of the same name, one of the great Civil War novels of all time. We had a great two-month run uh, in June and Ju- May, or May, May, and June, May and June, I think. May right? and June. Uh, so successful that uh, Brian Newell 
canceled his September show, and we're going to remount it in uh, September. Uh, it's it's a great project. We've got a lot of uh, interest in it from outdoor, and it just it works as a stage play. Again, it's that thing of this was a great novel. How do you make it a stage play? Apparently, we did <laughs> because people the word on the street is it's really pretty good. So check the uh, Maverick Theater in Fullerton. Check their website and for more information. Yeah, great. And Dave, Davey, Davey David, yeah. PR Linum, <laughs> Davey Linum. Thank you for being on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can we see you next? Um, Twitch. I do Twitch streaming. Uh, DPRL Tron is where it's at. Most of the social media, same thing. DPRL Tron. Um, I, I have a Twitter. Don't use it, but I'm there. <laughs> That's fair. You do shows, though, right? I do. I do improv shows in the, in the SoCal uh, area uh, at the Chance Theater and at uh, uh, Spectacles Improv. Awesome, awesome. So check that out. Uh, keep listening, guys. Thank you. We would be nothing without you guys. Uh, I mean, I guess it would just be us talking here to each other. Uh, and that's fun and all, but uh, it's great to have you guys listening in. If you guys have any questions, tag us. Hashtag The Keeg. Uh, you know, at The Keeg Show. Do whatever you can. Ask questions, comments, concerns. Uh, interact with us because we want to know what you guys want to hear. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been The Keeg.